0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sound and Vision with me Esme Goran, of course. Hello on this lovely 1st of December, I hope you're all feeling Christmassy, hope you've all had nice chocolate from your calendar, I sure have, kinder bueno to be precise. Um, this week we are going to be delving into an installation artist, slash painter, um, which I'm very excited about. So the artist we are going to be delving into is Yayo Kasama. A Japanese artist uh, who worked primarily in the 60s and 70s and worked alongside the Vietnam War, did a lot of stuff there, was in New York for a bit. Very interesting character, super super interesting, a lot to say. I'm very hyped about this one Um, and it's a bit different because it's installation and I got really into installation art this year actually because I did an art foundation and she really captured my eye. She's very psychedelic Um, otherworldly and yeah i think you'll definitely appreciate her work so a bit about yayo Kusama. um if you're not familiar with this artist uh, i recommend doing some googling or binging or whatever you prefer Um, The two pieces of work we're going to be primarily focusing this episode on is Infinity Mirrors, which is an ongoing installation uh, which she still makes today. She's 89 years old to this day and continues to work um, from breakfast till dinner in a very rhythmic, uh, (laughs) um, you know, she's been doing this for 40 years now, 41 years to be precise, and um, yeah, she is the nickname of the polka dot princess um if you do know her you'll be very aware of the fact that she's had a lifelong obsession with polka dots uh which are present throughout her work a very common motif as well as pumpkins uh another painting we're going to like uh, zoom into a little bit is pumpkin from 1990 so if you have a laptop or smartphone handy i would say definitely have a little look at these two work works of art infinity mirrors and pumpkin uh, but before we do any more chatting i would like to play the first song i thought of when uh doing a bit of research on this fabulous artist and this is busyness by Tuneyards. <coughs>
1: Oh mm-hmm.
2: Get up, stand up, get up, stand up, get on
0: Busyness by TuneYards. So if you've just tuned in to this week's episode of Sound and Vision, welcome. I uh, hope you enjoyed that song. Uh, this week, if you didn't quite catch it, is all about Yayo Kusama, a Japanese artist, um, which I'm very excited to talk about, an uh, installation artist, uh, as well as a painter, as a performance artist. Uh, she does a bit of fashion She's an all-rounder kind of person. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk a bit about her life. So she was born into a wealthy family in rural Japan uh, that managed extensive plant nurseries, uh, grow- growing a variety of violets to sell. She would carry her sketchbook down to the seed harvesting grounds and sit amongst the flowers until one day she experienced the flowers crowding in and talking to her. It's almost as if her life is the the real the real life Alice in Wonderland I find, and her artwork Infinity Mirrors, in which we are exploring today, uh, is very much a modern day Alice in Wonderland with lots of portals and uh, rabbit holes, if you like. Um, but this is what she said when she first started to experience hallucinations she says i had thought only humans could speak so i was surprised the violets were using words i was so terrified my legs began shaking she later called these hallucinations as depersonalizations uh, when she was 10 she's just uh, sorry she described seeing flashes of light auras or dense fields of dots so here we come into the whole polka dot obsession we see in kusama's work uh She saw these dots in the patterns of her fabrics and she started seeing them coming to life as if they were multiplying, engulfing and expunging her. Uh, So these rather terrifying hallucinations she experienced uh, just at the age of 10. uh, She suffered through for the rest of her life and uh, she calls this entire process which she brings into her artwork uh, self-obliteration. So for example in Infinity Mirrors the installation which is still ongoing nowadays um she's still creating art every single day age 89 uh she has an obliteration room where everything is completely covered in dots and yeah so let's let's talk a bit about infinity mirrors this is a really interesting installation piece uh she was one of the first artists to use mirrors and lights and to sort of create an infinite space uh very sort of illusions and um bit like being in a universe a whole, you know outer space kind of thing uh it's very psychedelic the idea is that it goes on forever and ever and ever and you uh, sort of become at one with the obliterations as she calls them uh so this work is very much a reflection of how she feels she's experienced her life so her perspective of living with this sort of hallucinogenic uh, condition so yeah, she wanted people to experience her infinite world. She offers an escape, a modern day Wonderland. Um, and in the recent years, her popularity and fame boomed uh, due to social media. So, an in Instagram hashtag Ayo Kusama is uh, thriving. Um, I mean, for better or for worse, who knows? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, if that you could. I think there's going to be an exhibition of her infinity mirrors in the Tate. So, who knows? Maybe you could go check it out. Although her tickets sell incredibly quickly, kind of like a gig, you know, of festivals. You have to be really on it. That's, you know, she's not, I feel like she isn't really aware of this mass popularity that she's gained. Um, But yeah, more about that later. Um, Let's talk about a song. So I'm going to play Lush by Fortet, which is kind of an electro-folk Uh, song and the reason i picked it is because the sound the the repetition and the sounds in it i feel really reflect her dots and polka dot motif so here we go lush by fortette by Fortet. Um, I'm sure after listening that you can understand how I found it sounds rather similar to polka dots and the repetition of polka dots. So let's talk a bit about sama's early work. Uh, in 1950 she was depicting more abstract organic forms in watercolours uh, using oil paint as well on paper and canvases, uh, canvases with a great attention to colour and um to would create sort of miniature portals upon more 2D surfaces, uh, which obviously later uh, developed into covering objects and walls and, before you knew it, entire rooms and people. So her work really developed into a very three-dimensional and interactive thing. Uh, so in uh, the sort of late 60s, she left f- Japan to move to New York which was a very shocking uh, thing to do at the time. Her mother told her to never come back. Um, She says that the expectations of the time for a young lady, uh, so arranged marriage and kids, um, didn't appeal to her at all, so she decided to leave. Um, She found that Japanese society was too small, too civil, too feudalistic and too scornful of women. Before she left for Japan, she destroyed many of her works of art, so she had a completely fresh start. She created some ties with George O'Keefe and even Andy Warhol, although she did see Warhol as quite a big rival and not as a companion. Oh, I got that wrong, that was in the late 50s. Here we go, so she did a lot of help for the Vietnam War. Um, She organized outlandish, what she called happenings uh, in conspicuous spots like Central Park and Brooklyn Bridge uh, often involving nudity and polka dots, of course, um, in order to uh, sort of fight against the Vietnam War, what was going on in America at the time. So she'd have these people dancing and being quite uncivil and a bit, a bit crazy. Uh, and uh, she'd kind of be poking fun a bit at society in general, and just um, a lot of, you know, it's quite sat- a lot of satire, um, quite funny. She was famous for sending a letter to Richard Nixon offering to sleep with him if he would stop the Vietnam War. So, yeah, she had a sense of humour. So, I keep talking about these polka dots. Why was she so obsessed with polka dots? The polka dot princess, Kazama. Why? Well, she had these very vivid hallucinations of polka dots, red sort of splurges... Uh, since the age of ten, so her entire life uh, was very much centred around these vivid, uh, terrifying hallucinations, which she described as infinity nets. So these nets would engulf her, uh, she says, um, and she would get these nets, which she see she would see sort of covering the surfaces and her skin, and she'd put them onto the canvas, and then she'd put them onto people and put them onto rooms, creating sort of a world for everyone to see how she sees the world. So she was displaying her perspective on things and um, it created really interesting works of art, especially her installations. Um, When she was a child, she recalled being fascinated by the smooth white stones which covered the bed of the river near her family home. And uh, anything sort of curvilinear and round. Her work is very rounded, very smooth, um, with very vivid, illuminating colours in her paintwork, as we can see in her pumpkin piece from 1990. So the next song we're going to play is Golden Apples by Country Teasers. Uh, This song I decided to play because I quite liked how, uh, again, this repetition, this drive, the rhythm which keeps you going and going and could go on forever, could go on for an infinity, like her infinity room. So here we go, Golden Apples. I find. (laughs) So that was Golden Apples. I really do like that song. It's rather groovy, rather groovy indeed. Uh, So again, back to her dots. It's the dots which I find most fascinating with Aokasama because it's an obsession which she has had from the age of 10 when she started drawing through until present day, age 89. Uh, she started drawing dots age 10, 1939, in which the image of a Japanese woman in a kimono, presumed her mother, is covered and obliterated in dots. Her first series of large scale canvas paintings, uh, some of them being 30 feet long, were paintings of her infinity nets. So that's her little word or phrase for describing this dot motif. And uh, the canvases were covered entirely in a sequence of nets and dots that alluded to her hallucinatory visions. So how did she work? How did this extraordinary dotty polka dot princess artist work? If it's so obsessive, it must be incredibly rhythmic, I find. Uh, She sets herself into a rhythm of polka dot drawing, which she says helps prevent her thoughts getting too dark or disturbing. For her, art is very much a form of um, meditation and therapy. Uh, Her obsession with dots is apparent in all aspects of her work, as we have discussed. And um, she is one of the most prolific artists I have researched. She produces massive amounts of work every single day. Uh, Even when she was 13 years old, she worked in a factory which produced fabric for parachutes during the second world war it was a very dark very dingy factory and she uh, she describes us and really not liking it because all you could hear was the sound of the shuttles outside and the scary noises and she would be in complete darkness producing parachutes and producing fabrics and when she would come home from a day's work she would then produce almost uh, up to 70 watercolor paintings every day so at age 13 she was creating just incredible amounts of work uh, which shows it more of a rather than being a need to produce something which was necessarily beautiful it was more the process of creating which she found th- thrilling and exciting Uh, When she was living in New York, she lived with Donald Judd and he described her painting technique as starting in one corner of the canvas and then just going across gradually after the hours pass. She sometimes would work for 20 hours at a time. Very intense, very intensive worker. She was a very important figure at this time in in the 60s for both minimalism and pop art, and her work kind of provided a link between these two movements, which was very unique at the time. She, um, yeah, she definitely extended the boundaries of art in the 60s. So the next song I'd like to play is Here Before by Vashti Bunyan. i uh-huh. Binyan. Vashti Bunyan. is one of my favourite artists and that particular song I find really resonates with the work of Yayokasama. The repetitions and cycles of layered melodies I found really embodies the idea of rhythmic polka dot painting. So, Yayokasama, Um She was a phenomenal artist, very prolific. Uh, And I think we should talk a little bit more about her Pumpkin. So, Pumpkin from 1990. This reflects very much her painterly work and her acute sort of awareness of colour and colours which go well together. I think she's got a great eye for just making incredibly encapsulating visual work. Um, so this this psychedelic pumpkin print, uh, it's very uh, sort of painterly. It has dots on it, of course, uh, vivid, yellow, red, and then a turquoise and deep pink. Pumpkins are another motif which are, uh, show up in her work throughout her life. They come back again and again. She says that she has an eternal love for the pumpkins, um, and in her infinity... Mirrors installation piece. There is indeed a pumpkin room of mirrors and glowing yellow pumpkins with black dots on Creating another fabulous portal into a small window of her mind So this pumpkin from 1990 it's almost as if it's melting and opening up like a flower I find So these pumpkins come back ever since uh, elementary school. They'd come back again and again. So she... She is known to be a bit of an insomniac. Uh, Quote, I have been painting, drawing and writing from morning until night every day since I was a child. When I arrive at my studio in the morning, I put my work clothes on and start to paint straight away. And I work right up until dinner time. I don't rest. I am an insomniac. Even now, if an idea comes to me in the middle of the night, I pick up my sketchbook and I draw. So she spent the last four decades, in fact, in a psychiatric hospital. After submitting herself in 1977, uh, after coming back from New York and being in Japan for for a few years, she voluntarily put herself into the hospital and she's been there ever since for 41 years now and it works very well for her. She uh, works until, as I just said, from breakfast till dinner every single day. Her studio is right across the street from where she stays and she's had this incredibly structured and balanced life, an intensive work life as well, for Years and years, she's 89 and she still does this every single day, which I find absolutely incredible and inspiring. Indeed. Uh, Because in 1973, when she moved back to Japan, she was working sort of 40 to 50 hours at a time doing continuous amounts of work. She said she worked herself mad, (laughs) Um, which I can imagine 50 hours thats a long time, so... This next song, okay, um, if you have just woken up from nap, or if you've got a nice cup of tea, I recommend buckling yourself up and mentally preparing yourself for a song which is going to blow your socks off and definitely, you know, inject you with a bit of energy. This song is 4am by Grimes. I hope you're mentally prepared for this one. Enjoy. drum and bass for wednesday afternoon i find you know been a bit into drum and bass recently i just find it really gives you that energy that motivation sort of spices up the day a bit especially you know when you're talking about yoke sama um but yeah that was 4am by grimes from her new uh, album that's come out i think it was last year or was this year but it's a very good album and uh grimes is also sort of known for having this very workaholic intense uh, personality, sort of insomniac vibe, and I find sama suits the sound and the intensity that that song has, 100%. So when I was doing research on Sama for this particular episode, I got really into uh, the, I, uh, how do I describe it? I watched a documentary called Outsider Artists, and I never realised it was a thing until watching that and it really brought to light some interesting ideas. I really recommend watching it, it's on YouTube, it's um, The Life of Outsider Artists, great documentary and it's all about, it's all about how psychology and um, mental illness, uh, like s- sort of severe mental illness when you're needing maybe art as a, uh, as a coping mechanism or a therapy maybe working obsessively like you know kasama you know doing her 50 hour days or weeks and um how that art tends to be undermined and just cast aside as the work of a madman or oh they're crazy their work has no value uh but who who has the right to to really you know say what art does and does not have value because she's now a multi multi multi-million quadrillion uh artist who's massively successful she's got her work in galleries all over the world and she would be in that category of outsider artist except because her work is now of material value she she's you know deemed sane, <laughs> if you like, but there's this, a whole world of artists out there who are working obsessively and their work has is, is incredibly interesting and it's uh, maybe because they're working in wards or maybe they're, you know, not deemed stable, they're just cast aside and their work on, you know, on the art market doesn't have as much value, but it's, it's strange because if you look through history... I find that artists all over the place, you know, Van Gogh, he was mad. he was a bit mad, you know. He was, he was known for, for painting from his own hallucinations as well, uh, his own frenzies, as he called them, and as as Yayoi Kusama does. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting debate. I find it, I found it very fascinating, and I found it very much fit uh, or fitted uh, Yayoi Kusama's work, and it brings to light this debate, you know the outsider art scene, who counts as an artist. Uh, if people are creating as a means of coping with daily life, whether that be just in seclusion or in a in a hospital, why is their work often labelled as just a mere product of their mental instability? Why? Uh, makes art into an elitist thing, and also brings, brings to light the idea that art is very much only of value when it's of material value, which is, again, this is slightly... It's problematic. It's strange, yeah. I mean, yeah. You could say that. Yeah, Sam's work is—it's incredibly introspective. She paints from the from the heart. She has her her heart is on her sleeve. She's literally painting her her hallucinations and splattering them all over the walls in vast colors of red and you name it. You know, it's a great window into her way of thinking and her mind and. Um, as well as creating incredibly absorbing and engulfing installations which make you feel as if you have really entered a rabbit hole or you've really en- stepped into a sort of parallel universe, you know? Yeah, okay, next song, next song. I want to play a song by PJ Harvey called The Words That Maketh Murder. So yeah, enjoy. the words that maketh murder by the fabulous PJ Harvey. Whoa. That is quite a song. I really like the, the rhythmic and the sort of the offbeat kind of singing. It um, really swallows you whole, I find, and definitely makes me think of that rhythmic, continuous uh, technique of of Kazama's polka dot painting, sitting there again and again and again for hours and hours and hours <laughs> doing her dots. Definitely. So what is she doing nowadays she's still going she's still alive she's thriving she does you know she's sewing she's making her clothes she yeah she's eating a lot of sushi um she's 89 going strong Uh, here we go this is a quote i fight pain anxiety and fear every day and the only method i have found that relieved my illness is to keep creating art I followed the thread of art and somehow discovered a path that would allow me f- to life. And this really shows that underbelly of the art world: these outsider artists who are creating really amazing, encapsulating things every single day uh, out of the need for art as a as a reliever for their sort of inner torment. Um, she's a cr- truly inspiring woman. Uh, She sleeps at the hospital each night, works in her studio across the road six days a week, she eats sushi from the local supermarket, she makes her own clothes, and she has very little interest in the wealth that has come to her late in life, working from breakfast until dinner six days a week. The effect of infinite, constant repetition lead us to finding our ever-expanding hope so for her, this um, repetition, rhythm of dots and patterns and you name it, pumpkins, mirrors, she sees this as a sort of a portal into a world where there is hope, which is quite nice. She also says that her artwork has always uh, centred around love and her um, her constant finding for love. As a child, she had quite an abusive mother who um, would get her to spy on her father, who had many uh, lovers and affairs. Uh, so as a young child, she was spying on her father and uh, her mother would take it all out on her. So she, she didn't have a very loving childhood. She didn't have a very loving uh, life In general she found it very difficult to have close relationships with people so in a way her love affair has always been with her artwork and her paint and uh, that process of, of dots and creating which I'm sure a lot of artists can relate to. So the next song I want to play is Saran Bushi which is a traditional Japanese working song.
2: Don't know he Thank uh-huh. you.
0: And that was the Soran Bushi song, which is a traditional Japanese folk song. Uh, It's a very famous one from the Hokkaido Island. Oh, oh, oh. Apologies for the incredibly Anglican pronunciation of that. Hokkaido, Hokkaido Island. Uh, so yeah, it is uh, named from their shouting to mark time, uh, which is uh, what they used when they were drawing up herrings. So for me, this song really reminded me of the way, the, almost the obsessive, rhythmic, hard-working style in which Yakusama works. Uh, links very much to the sort of hard work of the agricultural uh sort of working culture in uh in japan uh Japanese culture does revolve much around work and sort of being productive and perhaps that's where she gets this intensely productive prolific style of working from uh who knows it must have had a bit of an impact on her and uh how she worked the rest of her life. So we are slowly edging towards the end of this episode, um, but yes, the princess of polka dots, Uh This is an artist who created incredible new worlds and portals using mirrors and lights, a range of medium, paint, texture, the work uh, in her Infinite Mirrors surrounds you completely, completely engulfs you being an installation. I've had a, a fascination with being sort of in another world for a long time. I kind of thought that it, like, you could only really get that in like, festivals or going to certain galleries, but... Uh, phew, I discovered installations this year and I, as soon as I discovered them and realised they were a thing I've been pretty obsessed and Kazama is def- she's definitely one of my favourites, definitely one of my favourites installation artists. Her work really sort of transports you into her sort of into like a little room in her mind. This particular exhibition, Infinity Mirrors, it's not just one room, it's a series of rooms so it's like a journey from different... Oh, rabbit holes and different portals, uh, which I just find really cool, yeah, and the, these these uh, installations are still going, she's still making them, she's still working every day, and as well as this, I haven't even, I've only scraped the surface of her work, she's so ridiculously prolific, I haven't even started talking about her paintings, you know, after a whole you know, to cover her all her work, we'd have, to have quite a few episodes about her. But um, her paintings as well. Incredible paint. Uh, painterly style. I mean, like her, her colours. She uses a lot of psychedelic colours, a lot of pattern, a lot of texture. Yeah. So, my final song, which I'm going to play, is a folk song by Barry Kerr called The Travelling Piper. And over the top of this, I'm going to read a little segment, um, which is some—it's uh, a quote uh, from Kisama from 1954. It's a little segment in which she describes her painting "Flower" from 1954. So here we go. <laughs> looking at the red flower patterns of the tablecloth on the table and when I looked up I saw the same pattern covering the ceiling, the windows and the walls. Finally this pattern was covering the entire room, my body and the universe. I felt as if I had begun to self-obliterate. I will in the infinity of endless time and the absoluteness of space and be reduced to nothingness. I realised it was actually happening, and not just in my imagination, I was frightened. I knew I had to run away lest I should be deprived of my life by the spell of the red flowers. I ran desperately up the stairs. The steps below me began to fall apart. I fell, and I sprained my ankle. Thank you. and that was The Travelling Piper by Barry Kerr with a segment, uh, red over the top, of Kusama from 1954 describing her painting, Flower. So this week we have discussed the polka-dot princess, which is Sama, who is 89 and who has been working her entire life from the age of 10. The amazingly prolific artist who does installations, and paintings, primarily. She really brings to light the underbelly of the art world, the outsider artist, and brings light and sort of recognition to artists who, who do suffer from various illnesses but continue to work intensely, and the work they create is respected and good and not just deemed, you know, crazy stuff. <laughs> she uh, she's living under the spell of her red flowers which she has done her entire life and that is very much reflected in all of all aspects of her work the dots, the flowers the infinity nets it's a constant motif, the rhythm of, of the dots you can feel it comes back again and again and again and the playlist this week was very much focused on this idea of rhythm and uh, ongoing infinity and feeling as if you're falling into sort of endless time, which I thought having a folk song would be quite relevant because I find that folk reels have that effect. They could go on for as for as for as long as you like, and you just feel as if you're stuck in that rhythm and you're being absorbed by it, and it's all very you know sort of safe and cosy, which to yayoka Kasama she felt was you know with her dots it was the same thing it was a safe place it was a rhythmic it was predictable so thank you very very much for listening to this week's episode of sound and vision with me Esme Goron it's been an absolute pleasure to be here on the afternoon of the 1st of December hello Christmas welcome uh very exciting indeed and I should hopefully be here next week with another artist and another synesthetic playlist to your liking. Uh, all lovers of art, music are welcome, and anything in between. A very inclusive show here. We can talk about all sorts. You know, it can be fashion, it can be painting, it can be sculpture, it can be, or it can be installation, like we've had done this week with the installation infinity mirrors. So, thank you very much. I hope you have a rather pleasant evening. I have been Esme Corrin with Sound and Vision. Goodbye!